Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 1 of chapter 10. As Paul said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Remember last week, if you were with us, we talked about, Paul says, my, my, my constant aching in my heart, my desire, the aching in my heart is that Israel would be saved. And then Paul went on to talk about, as we talked about last week, Paul says, the way I see it, my people, Israel, they have two problems. Number one, they have a misguided passion because they have a zeal for God according to verse 2, but it's not according to what, saints? Knowledge. A zeal for God, but they don't have knowledge. That's a misguided passion. And then they have a misguided purpose, as in verse 3, they were establishing, seeking to establish their own righteousness because they were ignorant of the righteousness of God. And they didn't realize that Christ is the end of the law. Jesus is the end of the struggle for righteousness by the law in verse 4. And then last week we left off in verse 13. Go ahead and peek at it. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what, saints? Shall be saved. Now I gave you an outline a couple of weeks ago. Let me just rehearse it for you one more time. It's very important that you know where we are, where we're going, where we've been. This outline that we've been using, chapter 9, I've got it for you on the screen, deals with Israel's past election. We've covered that. Chapter 10 deals with Israel's present rejection. And then in chapter 11, we'll get to it in about uh, two and a half years. (laughs) With the pace we're going. And we'll get to it next time. Chapter 11 deals with Israel's what? Future reception. Chapter 9 deals with Israel's past election. Chapter 10 deals with Israel's present rejection. Chapter 11 deals with Israel's future reception. The last time we were together, perhaps you wrote it down. I gave you an outline of chapter 10. And actually, I gave you a three-point outline. Last week, we covered two of the three points. As we talked about Christ revealed as Savior in verses 2 through 4. And then we talked about the last time Christ received as Savior by some in verses 5 through 13. And then I told you last week, if you come back this week, that we would deal with the last part of our outline. Christ rejected as Savior in verses 14 through 21. Christ rejected as Savior by most. Now, go back with me, if you will, to verse 13. You want to notice again, whosoever or whoever 
calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, give me your attention. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved is the end result. But we also need to understand that there is a process before salvation. There is a process to that. That's the end result. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But there is a process involved in getting to the place where you call on the name of the Lord. So in verses 14 through 21, are you listening? Paul backtracks, if you will, from the end to the beginning. And that's what we'll talk about this morning. Romans chapter 10, we pick up our study in verse 14. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. How then in verse 14, question, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? Question, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Question, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. We left off last week, as I said, with this little big word, whosoever or whoever. King Jimmy says whosoever. And I can't get that word out of my head. I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to go through the word and. You ever just get stuck somewhere in the word of God? He just kind of stuck there. And I've been stuck on this word, whoever, whoever. I'll go ahead and look at it in verse 11 of chapter 10. Whoever believes in him will not be put to what? Shame. You see that? Or you, it could read, listen, it could read, who believes in Jesus, whoever believes in Jesus will never experience disappointment in expectations. Whoever believes in Jesus, listen to me, whoever believes in Jesus will not experience disappointment in expectations. In other words, you will never be put to shame. You will never regret trusting Jesus completely with your life been in ministry for 20 plus years now. And I've been at the bedside of many, many dying people many times in my life and in my ministry. And I can honestly tell you guys, I have never met a man or a woman on their deathbed who said, you know, pastor, I only have one regret. I served Jesus too much. I've never heard one person say, I have only one regret that I prayed too much or I witnessed too much. I've never heard anybody say, I regret serving the Lord too much. Conversely, listen, I have heard plenty of people say, you know, pastor, I have only one regret that I didn't serve Jesus long enough. I have only one regret that I didn't serve his people. I have only one regret. One guy told me that I didn't give to the Lord as much as I could have given. Of my time, my talent, my resource. You will never be put to shame by serving God. More than two people say amen. amen. Nothing that you ever do for the kingdom will go unnoticed. Don't you know God is keeping record? Don't you understand that? And we lose sight of that because man's not keeping record. Well, I did this for the church and Pastor Rodney never even said thank you. So, Pastor Rodney may never say thank you. 
I mean, if I know about it, I say thank you. But if I don't know about it, maybe I won't say thank you because I don't know about it. Because if I knew about it, then I'd say thank you. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> but God knows. And isn't that the important thing? What we do for Christ will last. Life is so short, guys. And trusting Jesus with your life, I don't care if you're 8 or 80, you will never, ever regret it. You know the one thing I do regret? I got saved at 21. I regret that I didn't get saved a whole lot earlier. Is there anybody else? Only 15 people. I'm going to do it one more time because y'all didn't hear me. I regret that I didn't get saved earlier. Is there anybody else? Man, that's only 20. Okay. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, God will never close the door. In verse 13, God will never close the door on anybody who is sincerely seeking the Savior. Whoever wants to know him and wants their sins forgiven, they can be saved. You know, you don't have to have to fill out an application to get saved. Isn't that good news? You don't have to join anything. You don't have to pay enrollment fees to get saved. Anybody, whosoever, whoever, anybody can get saved. You don't have to be a member. You know, if you want to get into certain schools, you know, you got to do, you got to turn in transcripts and GPA average. Do you know it is harder to get into some Christian schools than it is to get into heaven? I get these applications across my desk. Some of y'all got kids in Christian schools. I know because I filled out your child pastoral reference. And I get these, these, these applications across my desk about, you know, the kids going to school and what do you know? And he asks all these questions. You know what, well, pastor, tell me about this family and their home life. So I run them in. I don't know. I don't live with them. <laughs> pastor Rodney. to get into Christian school. Do you realize it is easy to get into heaven? Somebody say amen. amen. You can get into heaven quicker than you can get in school. That's, a, that's criminal. That's a problem. The Bible says, listen, all you got to do to get into heaven is just call on the name of the Lord. I can get happy about that. Just call on God. Lord, come into my life. 2,800 people last week called on God. And they're in heaven. They're just as there as they are here. Because God calls those things which be not as though they were. We're already glorified. Not going to be. We are. When you give your life to Christ, don't you know at that moment. See, that's what I'm telling you. It's like giving birth. Because I, from where I sat, and I got me a picture from way up top. I went way up top. And I got me a picture of all those people. And all those people flooding down on the floor. And you know what I saw? I saw people going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Ooh. I had goosebumps. I still get excited about salvation. I hope you do. Don't turn into a crusty Christian. Christians get crusty, don't they? I've been saved for 47 years. It's no longer I understand. Yada, da, 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 da. I'm 
I'm like, no, man, somebody give your life to Christ. I'm excited. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't get away from this word. Whoever, whoever, anybody, anybody, black people, white people, people from Russia, (laughs) amen, (laughs) people from Asia, people from every continent, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is what we have in common as brothers and sisters. And that's why I like to stand here and I love to come to church. Because if for no other reason, even if I feel like I had a bad sermon, which ain't that often. No, just you know. <laughs> Every now and then. It's like Pastor Rodney wasn't on point, but that's okay. We love him. <laughs> I get to stand here every single week. I get to. I get the privilege to stand here and look out among this church. And I see people from all over the world. Look around. I tell you all this all the time. I know it. I know I do. Because I want you to realize, and I want you to see, and I want to help you, that the gospel message is whosoever. And any church to tell you the truth, a body of people that doesn't look like this, you might want to be suspect. You just might want to be just a little bit suspect. Because God's people are God's people. We all got different packages, but inside we're all the same. (laughs) I could be here for a minute today. (laughs) Man, you ain't going to prove anything to get to heaven. None to prove. Just call on the name of the Lord. We're talking about that calling in verse 14. Got to move on. Talking about that calling behind the call. Listen, saints, are you taking notes? You write this down. Behind the call is belief. Look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not what? Believed. You see, if you're going to call upon someone, then there needs to be faith. And if you don't truly believe that the Lord is real and can do something about your situation, then you'll never call upon his name. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us without faith, you know this, it's impossible to please who, saints? God. So behind the call, we're talking about the calling, is belief. And beyond or behind the belief is the message, something heard. Notice Paul says, how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? You see that? In other words, listen, faith always has an object. Faith is not some ethereal feeling or sentiment. Don't you understand that to be a Christian means you're smart? Now, I tell you that because the world and the media would have you to believe to be a Christian, it means you're stupid. Oh, come on. You're a Christian. That's the media's mentality. And you're dumb. Listen, to be a Christian is smart. Because our faith, what makes you say that, Rodney? Because our faith is grounded in truth. Please, more than five people say amen. Our faith is grounded in truth, the truth of the Bible, the truth of the scriptures. I don't have time to tell you, but there's so many truths that you can get your hand around that even if you're not a believer, you cannot deny. Here's one of them for you. The resurrection. I don't care if you don't believe in God. That makes no no matter. (laughs) 
It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. The reality is no one has ever produced the body, the bones of Jesus. And that's a fact. Somebody clap their hands, would you? That's a fact. That's a fact. Our faith is grounded in truth. It's founded in truth. It's not founded or grounded in a lie. Faith is something that's tangible that we can say, look, when you become a Christian, you don't just check your brain at the door, contrary to opinion. People think, oh, you're a Christian now. Oh, it's all by faith. It's all by faith. Woo, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, it's just all Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's all the spirit. It's all the spirit. Listen, it is all about Jesus. And we do need the Holy Spirit. And we do need faith. But it's not just about that. When you become a Christian, you don't check your brain at the door. Well, I don't need to think anymore because it's all the spirit. No, our faith is grounded in truth. You can have faith, listen, you can have faith that you can leap off of a building with one single bound, but when you leap, you will find your faith gives way to reality. (laughs) And now you are one sensei with the curb. (laughs) Wax You understand? Our faith is a reality and there's a truth and a value to our faith. And Paul says, how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard in him? Just in case, listen, just in case there's one person here that doesn't know what we're talking about. Can I clear this up? The him that we're talking about is the Jesus of the Bible. We're not talking about a new age Jesus. We're not talking about the history channel Jesus. Because the History Channel got some weird Jesus on there all the time. <laughs> now, if you work for the History Channel, you know I love you, but y'all got some weird programming. And I'm into it. I'm into history. Y'all know I like the... I like history. But that's a weird Jesus. A weird Jesus is always glowing. I don't get it. He always got this light on him everywhere he goes on the History Channel. It's amazing. We're talking about the Jesus of the Bible. We're talking about the Jesus that came down to earth, a Jesus who was born of a virgin, took on flesh, lived as a man, was beaten, crucified, died, buried, three days later, rose again from the grave. We're talking about a Jesus that many people saw who, after he had risen, we're talking about a Jesus who's coming back. How shall they believe unless somebody tells them? And behind the message is a messenger. Look at your Bibles again. How shall they hear without a preacher? Now listen, do I need to say that this is just not me? That's you too. We're all preachers. The message is always delivered by a messenger who believes it and has been changed by it. We're all preachers of the gospel. And I hope that some point in your life as a Christian... I hope somebody has ridiculed you for being a Christian. Bet you never heard that from the pulpit, have you? I hope you've been mocked as a preacher. Do you know when people make fun of you and say, oh, here comes the preacher again. To me, when people do that to me, that's a compliment. I tell them more and more. <laughs> oh, you Christians. There go, there you go again, preaching again. Listen, a little ridicule, a little mocking just tells people that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're preaching the gospel. I remember when I was in the military, Camp Pendleton, I told you guys this. My nickname in the office was Deacon. 
they used to call me deacon. Oh, here come deacon. Because I used to preach all the time. I'd come to work, preaching the gospel. Go home, preaching the gospel. They go on a happy hour after church. Or after... Um, <laughs> I don't know what y'all doing at the church. <laughs> I meant after work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think we'll just pray and go home. And, uh, well, what you doing, Beacon? After work. <laughs> now I'm going to church, man. What you going to church for? Why would anybody go to church in midweek? Because I need to go to church. I mean, I just love going to church. Hey, you should go to church too. Why don't you come and go to happy hour with us? Nope. Going to church. They start calling me deacon. And at, at first, get this, it was, it was kind of derogatory. Deacon. Preacher. And then after a while, it started becoming a compliment. Where after a while now, they were at happy hour. Something happened on Monday morning. They're coming up. Hey, deacon. Can you uh, pray about something? Pray about what? Well, so on and so forth happened. I said, well, yeah, well, come on, let's pray right now, man. Right, right here, right now, right here, right now. Let's pray. No, I don't want to pray right now. Everybody's. <laughs> People looking. I said, well, come on, man. Okay, let's pray. I, I remember I let a, I, we went in the broom closet. I led a guy to the Lord in the broom closet, y'all. And then we were coming out of the closet after he received the Lord. <laughs> and people said, people said, oh, I didn't know it was like that. You're coming out of the closet, huh? I said, well, it's not, it's not what it seems. <laughs> we were actually uh, praying together, sure. <laughs> but truth is, I mean, you know, yeah, he received the Lord and and, and, and it was a derogatory thing at first. But listen, if somebody's mocking you for being a Christian, then that's what they're supposed to be doing. And that means you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because you're a messenger to take the gospel to the world who needs it. And then behind the messenger, you're still following with me, Paul says as a sender, how notice can they preach unless they are, verse 15, sent? Then let me tell you right up front, Jesus is the one doing the sending. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said, The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. So pray the Lord of the harvest that he might send forth laborers. Jesus is saying, listen, there's a lot of people who need to hear the gospel. And I'm really happy to say, it's probably my second time this morning saying it, but I'm happy to say last weekend, 43,000 people heard the gospel. And I'm happy about that. Jesus said there's a lot of people that need to hear the gospel. The problem is Satan is ripping a lot of Christians off because he's telling them that they don't want to hear it. You know, Satan would definitely seek to seduce God's people to make them believe that people don't want to hear the gospel. You know, even when I'm preaching sometime, and I'll tell you this, uh, you know, sometime when I'm preaching and, you know, I'm, I'm preaching, man, I'm, I'm just preaching, sharing Jesus or whatever. You know, Satan will get in my head sometime. That's why I ask you guys to pray for me. Best thing you can do for me is pray for me. I mean, really. 
Because behind this pulpit, it's just not a joke. People want to be in the pulpit. They want to be preachers. Listen, you don't want to be what God hasn't called you to be. Because when you get here, this is not a joke. You become this big red target for the enemy. And it is constant. And it is all night sometime. And sometimes it's all week. And sometimes last year was all year. Spiritual warfare. And so I'm up here preaching, sharing the gospel, and, and, and Satan sometimes in my mind, oh, they don't want to hear it. They're not trying. I mean, I'm preaching, so I'm sweating, man. Oh, they don't even want to hear it. They don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. They don't want to hear about Jesus. And sure enough, I look over at somebody, and they're over there asleep. And I'm like, man, oh my God, he's right. Satan's right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Jesus loves you. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Jesus loves God. Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, yeah, Satan's right. He'll try to rip you off. Satan will try to steal from you what God is wanting to give you. He'll try to distract you. And so people are now preaching the gospel. There's few laborers. I also think there's few laborers because everybody thinks that somebody else is doing the job. Well, you know, we, well, we pay Pastor Rodney to preach the gospel. That's why we pay him. So we can just get him to church. People have come to me and said, Pastor Rodney, are you here next week? Are you preaching? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Because I'm bringing my friend to church. I want him to hear the gospel. I'm bringing him to church, Pastor Rodney. I'm bringing him to, I'm, I'm waiting for him. He's waiting to get him here to church so he can hear the gospel. I'm like, what you waiting on, man? To get him to church. Listen, why, you preach the gospel to him now. You don't know he's going to make it next week. You preach the gospel. Don't, don't wait to get him here to preach the gospel. You are a messenger. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.